Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, I'll do the worship for chapel. So um, I was like, they were, they were looking for someone to do it, and I was like, you know what? I got this. I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't used to leading little kids, uh, but I think I figured it. Well, I don't know if I figured it out, but it's gotten better. Uh, so, but anyway, so uh, they break them up into like fifth and sixth, and then third and fourth, and then, then, the, then, then the amazing ones, the kindergarten to second grade, my favorite. Uh, so... Uh, I've been starting to take my guitar in and kind of playing and worshiping with them in that way. Um, other times I would just put on like a lyric video and then we would all sing to it. Uh, but so I've been starting to do that and, um, and I don't do that for the younger ones because the younger ones generally want the fruit of the spirit. It's not a coconut, the fruit of the spirit. And those are my favorite, you know. Uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, love. Uh, all right. So um, I usually don't do, you know, playing my guitar uh, for the kids. And then I normally have my guitar just sitting out. And then there's this cute little girl that the other week that said, uh, uh, teacher, Pastor Shannon, uh, that's the person that I do it with. Um, why is there a guitar here? And then she goes on to say, you know, well, Pastor Joel does worship for the other ones, and he'll play the guitar and stuff like that. And then she goes, do you want to, um, do you want us to do that in this part at this time? And uh, she said, or we could watch a video. If you know kids, they want to watch the video, which is fine. Uh, so then the little cute little girl says, you know, um, how about we have, how about we bow our heads and have a vote, basically, is what she's saying. Let me just say, I'm secure in myself. So it was, actually, I thought it was hilarious. So she goes, everybody that wants to watch a video, raise your hand. Every single person in that place raised their hand. And actually, I was laughing, so I didn't take it personally. I wasn't like, come on, people. And then she goes, who wants to? Who wants to uh, worship with a guitar with Pastor Joel? One hand raised. Who was it? It was Maxwell. <laughs> I was like, that's my boy. That's my boy. And then when they were done, I was like, guess what? We're going to sing to And they're like, no, no. But I and Pastor Shannon, we were both cracking up. And everybody said, and he's just like, yep, that's what I want. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> every hand across the stadium was like no we don't want that and Max was like I will be <laughs> all right so today I wanted to talk about wisdom uh more specifically how to sharpen your axe okay uh and this this sermon is not a word study 
because a lot of times I'll go through words and say, this means this, and kind of really go in depth in that way. I'm not really doing that. I really feel the essence of this message is prophetic and practical. So prophetic meaning it can give you revelation of what happened in the past. It can give you revelation of what you're going through now, or it could give you revelation of what is to come. And so aren't you excited about that? Amen. So Ecclesiastes, so I guess if we're going to we're going to talk about wisdom, we should probably go to a wisdom book, right? Ecclesiastes 10:10. 10, 10. Can we read it together? Can we try that? Okay. Um, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength, but wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. You guys are dismissed. All right. You know, a lot of times we think of wisdom as things that are confusing, but if you really look at the things of God, great wisdom is simple. And so the axe is a really unique tool because over time it can lose its effectiveness if it's not sharpened. So unlike a hammer or a wrench, if they're used correctly, right, they'll last forever. And I bet you Uh, Scott has probably tools that are 50 plus years old. Someone, you let them borrow them and they never gave them back. That's what I'm, (laughs) right? So if you take care of it, they're going to remain effective, right? But an ax is different. Actually, if it is effective, it will need to be sharpened, right? And so when I'm talking about uh, sharpening your axe, I'm thinking, I'm using the analogy as your axe is something that you're called to do, okay? And sharpening, it is the wisdom to do that thing. So it's important to point out that it didn't say the job won't get done. It simply stated that it would require more strength or effort to accomplish it. This is important because a dull axe has the potential to chop down a tree, but it requires much more effort and strength to accomplish it. Another thing that you need to consider is why would the axe be dull? The most obvious answer is it's being used. See, a lot of times we're doing the things that God's called us to do, and we're like, I'm not being effective right now. It was once effective, but it's no longer. Could it be that you're doing the right thing, but you need to sharpen your axe with wisdom? So it's important, it's important to point out because a dull axe requ- reveals its past effectiveness, but it also reveals the present struggle. Many of you can relate to this discouragement, and some of you even question whether or not to abandon the task. Could it be that you're doing the right thing, but it's time to sharpen your axe? So a dull axe doesn't reveal wrongdoing. It actually reveals that it was once effective. 
But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. What does this tell us about wisdom? That wisdom will prolong your effectiveness. Say it again. Wisdom will prolong your effectiveness. So if you've had any experience in chopping down a tree, even with a sharp axe, it's hard work. Right? So when I say using wisdom uh, to make it um, more effective, I'm not saying use wisdom to get out of work. It's kind of like Tom Sawyer. Do you remember Tom Sawyer? He's like, hey, guys. Well, he was supposed to paint the fence, right? Paint the fence white. And uh, so he convinced these kids that painting the fence was fun. But why did he do that? To get out of work. So wisdom is not to get you out of work, it's to make you more effective in what you're doing. What I'm suggesting is that we could be exerting more strength than what is necessary to complete the task. Remember, I said the ax is representing your calling or your purpose. Are you exerting more effort to actually do what you're called to do? That's a good question. Many of us have been relying solely on our effort, our strength, our passion to accomplish what the Lord has called us to do. The truth is, with passion, you will get the job done even if it's with a dull axe. How many of you have been so passionate that we're going to get this thing done? We're going to do this thing. Passion will actually keep you up in the middle of the night chopping down trees with the dull axe. But wisdom to sharpen the axe causes you to complete the same task with less effort. Come on, guys. The problem with this is we romanticize our passion, which in turn blinds us to the possibility that through wisdom, there is an easier, more effective way to accomplish it. A lot of the church, and, and I agree, passion is important. I'm not downplaying passion. I'm saying that we actually need passion, and we need a wisdom with it. And so what we'll do is romanticize it and say, look at how much I'm doing. Look at all the hard work. But maybe you should just sharpen your axe. That, that was a good ring right there. It was like, that was like uh, Mario Brothers or something like that. Someone fell down the, the pipe. All right, I'll tell you what. <laughs> the tree. <laughs> so in order to make the shift, we need to take off the blinders. We need to challenge our processes. I find that many people who are exhausted, wore out, fed up, are stuck in the belief that they are doing the best that they can. And what that's code for is, this is how I'm going to do it. Right? This is how I'm going to do it. 
This is how it's going to be. This is how it should be done. But you will never open yourself up to wisdom if you're stuck in your ways. This is a lovingly, I didn't think it was going to be as confronting as it is, but it's pretty good. All right. Love you. Thank you, Father. I believe that God is leading us into a season where he's requiring us to look through the lens of his wisdom. Say his wisdom. And not just through the lens of our passion. Say our passion. So much of the church places great emphasis on our passion. Passion for our calling. Passion for our giftings. Passion for others. Passion to evangelize. Passion, 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 passion. Right? But it takes great wisdom to do those things well or to do those things effectively. So I have some questions for you. So my heart today is, because passion is important. I'm not downplaying passion. Because guess what? You need to be willing to sacrifice for what you believe in. But what if we're wearing ourselves out because we're not walking in his wisdom to do it? Actually, I think... If we walk in his wisdom, you're like, something's not right. This is a little too easy. (laughs) Right? So here are some questions that I have for you. Now, when I ask these questions, I want you to partner with the Holy Spirit. Because it's him that brings the illumination. Obviously, when anybody preaches, you should partner with the Holy Spirit, right? Listen to what he's saying. So here's a question. How effective are my swings? Is there noticeable progress? In the things that I'm called to do, when I step out and do it, is there noticeable progress? Maybe in the beginning there was obvious progress, but now there's very little. And so sometimes we think, what am I doing wrong? But maybe we just need to sharpen our axe with his wisdom. If you could take a step back and look at what you were trying to accomplish, am I exerting more strength than what is needed for the task? So let's say you could step outside of yourself and actually watch what you're doing. Are you working harder on this thing than you should be? I think this sermon is going to have a lot of like pauses in it for you guys to think. Remember, you're not looking through the lens of your passion. You're looking through the lens of his wisdom. Your passion will minimize your suffering and call it noble. Your passion will minimize your suffering and call it noble. You'll step back and say, You know, look at how hard I'm working. Look at how much I care. Look at how much I'm willing to suffer for what I believe. 
Look at the pain I go through to make this great thing happen. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. Let's step back. Holy Spirit, am I working harder on this than I should be? And this is where we partner with his spirit. I believe this sermon is going to set some people free. Do my actions cut deep or do I bounce from idea to idea? See, when you have a dull axe, the axe really just stays on the surface. It might have minimal, minimal change, but it's just bouncing off the surface, right? Am I correct, Scott? Okay. He probably has more experience chopping down trees than I do. So it just bounces because it's dull. So in your life and the things that you're called to, are you bouncing from idea to idea to see what sticks? But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. I'll say that again. So simple, right? Are the things that I'm called to accomplish wearing me out? I say it again. Are the things that I'm called to accomplish wearing me out? Because if I'm called to it, then I was actually made for it. Say that again. If I was called to it, then I was made for it. Now, being tired and being wore out are two completely different things. Here's the difference. Being tired is the result of hard work but with the satisfaction of a job well done or a job completed. Being wore out is the result of hard work, but with the dissatisfaction of of a task incomplete, stifled fruit, stagnant movement, and lack of effectiveness. So am I just tired because it's work? Or am I wore out? because I'm not seeing the fruit. My momentum is stifled and I don't have an effectiveness to what I'm trying to do or what I'm called to do. The, the great thing about this is when you reveal a problem, all you gotta do is ask for the solution. Like we see it in James and I'm gonna talk a little, about it a little bit later. But if you need wisdom, ask. So this isn't doom and gloom. This is saying, hey, there might be a problem here. There might, right? Ask for wisdom. I believe that many of you can relate to this. Many of you have been doing the right thing, but you haven't experienced an effectiveness to your effort. James 1.5, if you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Now, this word here, wisdom, in this context means a lot of different things, but one of the, thing that, one of the definitions I want to point out is wisdom 
is the skill in the management of affairs. So when we ask for wisdom, it's to do the things that you're called to. Not just called to, but your life, your family, your work, every aspect. And actually, if you look at the definition of wisdom there, it's every, every form or every level or every part of life. Can you imagine if we would just couple our passion with wisdom? It will protect us from burnout. It would, it would instill in us a fulfillment of a job well done. It would promote momentum rather than stagnation. Thank you, Jesus. This is exciting. And guys, you can, you can use this or you can think of it even in relational things. Are you effective in the relationships that you have? Could it be that you need some wisdom to walk in? Have you, have you ever been so passionate for something that you were so excited for something, but every time you stepped out, it was, it was really messy? See, you were being moved by your passion, but you need to couple it with wisdom, his wisdom. Like I said before, Passion will keep you up all night chopping down trees to get the job done. But wouldn't you rather be more effective? It takes three elements to sharpen your axe. Say with me, knowledge, knowledge. understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom are mentioned separately throughout Scripture, but are interrelated. So they're distinctive, but they're also melded together. The best example that I can give for this is the rainbow. Okay? How many of you know what the rainbow looks like? It's got different colors. Now, I'm not talking about the cartoon version of the rainbow, because the cartoon versions are have, like, violet, next color, blue, green, whatever it is, Right? They're, they're distinctive lines between the colors. But in nature, in the natural, you look at it, right? And there, there's no point where you say, this is where this color ends and the other one begins. Like, you could see the different colors, but they're melded together. So in design, they would call this gradient. It's a slow transition of color. So if it's going from blue to green, it's the slow transition of the color. So when I talk about these definitions, uh, a lot of these words throughout the Bible, they're very close to one another. But I want to just kind of give you kind of the, the small differences. Um, so this is why throughout Scripture you can see these words are used interchangeably. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9, 11, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now that we recognize that they are similar in nature, let's point out the ways that they are unique. 
Now, when, when I give these definitions, I'm really painting broad strokes. Say broad strokes. Because, you know, you might be a Bible theologian and say, no actually means to have sexual intercourse. Yes, you're exactly right, but that's not the direction that I'm going today, right? Adam knew Eve. Yes, well, now we know what that means. All right. So, like I said, these are broad strokes. Knowledge, in the most basic form, knowledge is the gathering and familiarization of knowing facts. So it's a knowing of facts. You're gathering them, and you're familiarizing yourself with them. So facts represent a statement of truth. That could be a true person, a true event, a true concept, a true assessment, true information. It also deals with uh, learning or the process of expanding or illuminating the mind. So does everybody kind of know the, the basic understanding of what knowledge is? So the basic uh, form of understanding is, is the correct organization and ordering of related facts and truth. So what is different from knowledge and understanding? Knowledge is the gathering of the facts, Right? But understanding is able to connect the dots, okay? So another great way to explain it is, how many of you have ever put a jigsaw puzzle together? A thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle, anybody? No. I like the baby ones where there's like four pieces. I'm like, I feel good right now. So you have a thousand pieces. Well, let's make it simple. You have a ten-piece. So you dump them out. Okay, that's your knowledge, but understanding is able to put them together. And what understanding actually does is helps you see the big picture. Okay? So understanding will take the knowledge that you've gained and make sense of it. Um, one of the joys that I have, and I'm saying, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it sarcastically. It is a joy. I got to think about it as a joy, let's say that, is helping my kids study for tests. And so <laughs> uh, Layla is studying some history things right now, and um, she's studying Daniel Boone. So one thing I do like about helping my kids study is like with math. I was like, man, I forgot how to do all this stuff. So I'm going to need to remember this. Like, I know my times tables now. I'm like, oh, that's how division works. And then I told Aaron, I said, there's a point where I'm not going to be able to help anymore. Like, algebra, it, that's not going to happen. So anyways, so I'm helping her with this stuff. And so one of the questions was, why did the English say that they wouldn't hide behind the trees to fight the Indian tribes? And she goes, they were cowards. And I said, that doesn't sound, see, I had enough knowledge to know that didn't make sense. And she was like, well, that's what the teacher put on the board. And I said, okay, I don't think that's what happened. It might have been, but you wrote it down wrong. But so we figured out what it was is because they wouldn't be cowards, right? They were not cowards. And then so I asked her the question again, and she spouted it off, and I said, what does that mean? I don't know. And I said, okay, have you ever been on the playground and someone called someone a chicken? A chicken is like a coward. Okay, blah, 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 right? Then 
So now when I ask her questions, okay, what does that mean, right? Because a lot, not in a bad way, but a lot of education is the recalling and memorizing of facts. But I realized that Layla did not have an understanding of what was happening. And to me, that's a problem, right? I don't want my kids to go through school, I memorize this test, and two days later, they don't even remember it, right? So what understanding does is say, okay, here are the facts, but this is the context of it. And even when we read the word, it's not just about gaining information. It's being able to connect the dots through the Spirit of God. So that was knowledge. Knowledge is a gathering of facts and being familiar with them. Understanding is connecting the dots of those facts. But wisdom, in its most basic sense, it is the practical application of correct knowledge and understanding. It reveals the ability to make wise choices, knowing what to do, how to do it, how to say it, when to do it, when to say it, with who to do it with. <laughs> so remember, we're talking about sharpening the axe. To sharpen the axe, you need knowledge. You need understanding, and you need wisdom, the practical application of it. So wisdom is, is the exercise of sound judgment, either in avoiding pitfalls or attempting good. Wisdom requires the expression of what you know and understand. So let's look at an example of, of Jesus in Mark 4, 2. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. He got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. And then it goes on to give the parable of the sower. So Jesus was teaching truths about the kingdom. Everybody heard it. What was he dropping? He was dropping knowledge. Everybody heard it, right? And I, actually, as I was doing this, I was thinking, wow, we need mics in a small room now. How did Jesus, this was just a thought, how did Jesus speak to a, a large crowd and they heard him? It's amazing. I think one of the reasons is they were quiet, <laughs> But I don't know, that was a rabbit trail, that, a very short rabbit trail. That was like, hey, I might go here. No, I won't go there. <laughs> All right. So everyone received the same basic knowledge, facts, truths of his teaching. Mark 4.10. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. What are they asking for? They're asking for understanding. Jesus now brings understanding to the parable. He explains, this is what the seeds mean. This is what the soil is. This is what the birds of the air symbolize. Now from that point on, from that place of understanding, 
they could respond and walk in divine wisdom. You see, if all they had were the facts of it or the basic truths of it without understanding, they would never walk in the wisdom of it. But it required Jesus actually explaining it to them. Does this make sense? That was the first time I said it all. So we're, they're miracles, right? Uh, Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. So what does it mean to have wisdom to sharpen the axe? Do we have all the truth necessary for the task? So when you're looking at your, your, your situation and you're trying to figure out, do I need to sharpen my axe or do I just need to lay the axe down? Do I have all the information I need? And that could be a wider array of things. That could be bi biblical truth. It could be relational uh, uh, stuff. It could be understanding spirit, soul, and body. It could be a lot of different things. So do we have all the truth necessary for the task? The next one is, do we have understanding of all the facts to see the big picture? So when you look at your situation, if you're struggling in an area or you're struggling in a relationship, say, do I have all the, hey, let me tell you what, when you're in a relationship and there's conflict, one of the best places to start is like, do I have all the information here? Because a lot of times, oh, I thought you said this. Or when you said this, did you actually mean, oh, no, that's not what I meant. See, a lot of times knowledge can diffuse a lot of things if we have the right knowledge. But guess what? When we don't have the right knowledge, it can make a big mess. No one has ever experienced that. No, never. <laughs> so do we have an understanding of all the facts to see the big picture? And then lastly, then are we able to take what we know and implement it? That is what it is to sharpen our acts. Knowledge or statements of truth will never lead to wisdom if there's not understanding. I'll say that again. Knowledge or statements of truth will never lead to wisdom, the application of it, if there's not understanding of it. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Say, principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So what is it saying? Wisdom, that's the mark, right? This is what we're aiming for, okay? This is preeminent. And then it goes on to say, in all you're getting, what are you getting? What are you accumulating? Knowledge. You're trying to know the facts of the situation. You're trying to know the truths uh, that, um, of the situation. And then what does it say? Get understanding. In the Amplified, it says discernment, comprehension, or interpretation. So you, now you can see how these three truths work together. The goal is for acquiring knowledge and seeking understanding to walk out the wisdom. Proverbs 15.2. Like I said, I, I felt like this message is real practical it's real uh, prophetic because maybe some of you are looking back and saying, oh, that's why that didn't work. Or maybe you're like, this is where I'm at right now. I need to sharpen my axe. 
Or you could be like, I have no idea. Well, guess what? I gave you a little nugget of truth that if you ever <laughs> experience it, right? So Proverbs 15, 2. I love this. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. And I thought that was interesting because the fool and the wise person could have had the exact same information. But why was it used rightly? Because he walked in wisdom. So it takes wisdom to apply truth. Say that with me. It takes wisdom to apply truth. Could our ineffectiveness be the result of not using knowledge rightly? That's a good question. I think that kind of fits into more relational things because sometimes we have a truth that we're trying to communicate to someone. And this not making a dent. Are you taking the knowledge that you know? It could be true facts, but you're not presenting it in a wise way. Hmm. That's a good question. That's what I thought. All right. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. All right. Proverbs 2, 2. So that you incline your ear to wisdom... In the New Living Translation, tune your ear to wisdom. Say tune. So as a guitar player, I understand the concept of tuning. When you tune a guitar string, you are increasing or decreasing the tension of the string to bring it to the desired pitch. So like with that guitar up there, each one of those strings is at a different tension. A lot of times we run from tension. But to walk in wisdom, you got to be at the right tension. Are you guys following me? Think of the picture frequency as the mark of wisdom for a particular situation. So on that guitar there, the first string is an E. So there is a specific mark or frequency or note that I have to bring the tension up to to make it right. Is everybody following me? Oh, you're a guitar player. <laughs> Piano players are what? I just hit the thing and then, uh, all right. So if, if you add too much tension to the note, you become sharp. If you don't add enough tension, you become flat. Maybe I'll just let the Holy Spirit just tell you what's happening right there. There may be situations in your life that you're trying to convey truth, say truth, but you're not being effective because you're either too sharp, you're too wound up, you're too passionate about it, or you're too flat. You're too passive about it. Well, whatever, you know. But wisdom you got to tune to the tension of that particular situation. What is the desired pitch of your situation? 
What is the desired pitch of your situation? Well, I've been coming in strong. Maybe you need to lower the tension. That could be the wisdom. Maybe you haven't been strong enough and you need to raise the tension. So simple stuff, right? So simple. It won't matter how important your truth is. It won't matter how important your truth is without wisdom to communicate it. The tongue of the wise use knowledge rightly. If they could just see, if they could just know what I know. What is the desired pitch of that situation? Tune your ear to wisdom. This is also important when you partner with other people because it takes the tension of multiple strings to harmonize a chord. A chord is a group of typically three or more notes, pitches or frequencies, sounded together, and that's the basis of harmony. Think of a chord as a common goal for, a, for different pitches, okay? So a C major chord, now this might be a little too much, I don't know. A C major chord is a C note, it's an E note, and it's a G note. And all those things have to be at the, should I just grab my guitar, people? I think I should just grab my guitar. <laughs> I saw the glaze over the eyes. Can you mute this? Okay, I did it really quickly. I, all right, let me see if I can do this. Let's see if I re remember how this works. How am I? How am I going to do this? Thank you. I appreciate that. That was wisdom. Right there. All right. So basically, if you can hear this, this is a C note. Okay, this is an E note. Do you hear how they're different? The tensions are different. This is a G note. But together, this is a C chord. Do you see how they harmonize together? Do you see that? All right. So, well, that was really easy. Okay. Which one sounded fuller? The chord. But it required different tensions to make that happen. All right? Are you following me? We can't all be the same. We can't all be the same. And to actually harmonize, it requires different tensions. Good stuff. So the chord becomes out of tune and difficult to listen to if one of the strings is off. I don't know if you know this, but this is the universal sign for an out of tune. This is the face for it. All right? It's like, 
So like whenever we're doing like band things or downstairs, if someone's making that face, something is not right in the rooms. <laughs> That's the face that you need to make if the situation's not going well. Um, I think that is a universal out-of-tune pitch face, right? But if I would pick that thing up again and just take one of the strings out, you'll be like, some of you will be like, I don't hear any difference. That's called tone deaf, okay? So we need prayer for that. We need prayer and healing and deliverance for that. All right. And actually, I've read things that they don't believe that there's anybody that's tone deaf. Their ear isn't trained. All right. So if I would take one out and raise the tension of it, it would sound close, but everybody, maybe if I did it, we'll see how many people make the out-of-tune pitch face. <laughs> you know? Some of you are like, that's beautiful. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so what is ear training? Ear training, remember, what did it say? Tune your ear to wisdom. Tune it. Ear training is a skill by which musicians learn to identify solely by hearing. Say solely by hearing. Pitches, intervals, melodies, chords, rhythms, and other basic elements of music. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What is wisdom? Tuning your ear. To his voice. See, a lot of times we, when, when someone talks about wisdom or you think of wisdom, you think of Proverbs, you think of like um, quotes. Anybody seen any quotes on Facebook before? I've never seen them. I, I mean, I go through and scroll and I never see a quote. Uh, it's the accumulation of that, right? And so wisdom goes back to hearing his voice. And a lot of times, his voice can lead us to a quote, right? So I'm not bashing quotes, because I have some quotes. I don't know. I have some quotes that I say, and then mom puts them on, and they're not what I said, and I don't like that, and I tell her about it all the time. <laughs> all right, that was a little too, no. <laughs> so wisdom goes back to him. Like I said, this is basic. So there's many things that I could talk about wisdom, and maybe I will at a later point. Who knows? We'll see. And to say that I only scratched the surface of this topic would be a vast understatement <laughs> because really the wisdom is the mind of God. And I'm up here saying, we're going to talk about wisdom today in 35 minutes, 40 minutes. I will accomplish that. Right? This is not even scratching the surface. This is just a little boop, right? So wisdom is a worthy pursuit. Wisdom is something that we are encouraged throughout Scripture to pursue like it was a hidden treasure. Wisdom will protect us as well as promote us. Wisdom will lead us into total health, spirit, soul, and body. Many people pursue success, but wisdom is what guarantees it. Wisdom helps you govern yourself as well as lead those around you. 
Wisdom earns favor, etc., 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 etc. But it all comes down to this truth. The embodiment of wisdom is the person of Jesus. So when I was talking about sharpening your axe, and Jesus can lead us to a book. So I'm not throwing out books. I'm not throwing out all that stuff. I'm just saying he is the answer for wisdom. Colossians 2, 2 through 3. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Come on. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When it comes to wisdom, I don't think we should be people that are like information hoarders, <laughs> quote collectors. And it's not wrong to have quotes or anything. But what I'm saying is it all goes back to him. Are we tuning our ear to the frequency of heaven? Thank you, Father. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we know that in you is all knowledge, all understanding, all wisdom. And so, Lord, we put our attention, we put our focus on you. Lord, we honor you. We worship you. We stand in awe and wonder of you. Lord, for we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. So, Lord, we honor you. We love you. We set our heart upon you. And, Lord, no matter what we're going through, no matter what situation we're facing, in you are hidden all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. In you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just release that in Jesus' name. Amen.